most people sign up for a course and they're like, okay, tell me how to do the thing. They mm-hmm. want like the quick answer. And what you don't realize is business ownership is really a mental game. It's yeah. about you. It's about the beliefs and the stories that you tell yourself about, you know, oh, people are rude. The government's trying to ruin my business. I can never catch a break. All of those things require you to have a different mindset shift in order to be good at sales or marketing or branding. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. I'm just going to kick it off. I've got a big yeah. pimple right here on my face. What? And I didn't feel like really getting ready, so I don't have any makeup on or anything. I'm just kind of rolling with it today. Okay. Just an FYI. Is that, is that how you want to start this bad boy Just off? an FYI. Yeah. You know, just personal disclosure. There you go. You've um, got a collared button down shirt. I do have a collar I've button got a workout shirt, shirt on. Do you, any other personal disclosures you want? Do you mm-hmm. have underwear on? Is that something you want? I do have underwear <laughs> okay, on. Good. We don't want to go commando on the push podcast. What in the world? <laughs> Anyways, um, oh, let's goodness. kick it off. This yep. is episode number 106. And today we're going to be talking to you about things that keep business owners stuck. And here's why. We just had the one year anniversary of the grand closing of the Cake Mamas. It was the end of basically a 12 year run We hit exactly a decade in our brick and mortar bakery. And I had decided that year when I hit the 10 year in the brick and mortar that I was going to retire because in 2017, we started coaching and mentoring small business owners in the baking industry. We quickly made an impact and it just brought us so much joy. It brought me so much joy to be able to help others in the beginning stages in particular or just if they were stuck in their baking business, because I wish that I would have had that type of support when I started. And so last year, 2021, I had announced that I was going to be retiring. And then little did we know there would be a pandemic. And so, you know, that kind of threw a wrench in the plan. But nonetheless, we had a grand closing Mm -hmm. August 27th, 2021. And then I liquidated everything, kept all my assets and did a huge party for the community Right. and kind of went out with a bang and announced that we were going to be working on a cookbook and just, you know, getting into coaching and mentoring full time. And so we had a big party. It was a lot of fun, right? A ton of fun. And it was amazing to see the impact that the Cake Mamas had on the community to see everyone come out. It was unbelievable. The line was wrapped around the business or the, the block almost. But the cool thing was, is that the transition, because of the work done prior to closing, so this is a good thing for people who want to make a transition, you kind of lay the foundation for something that you want to do different Mm -hmm. before you leave it a lot of times. And that's, to me, was the best way to do it. Right. And then transitioning into a place where being able to serve other business owners- um, At a different level, different different capacity. And then in that time- 
serving over a thousand students, right. right? And which has probably been one of the most rewarding things that we have ever participated in, not knowing that it was going to be like life changing for right. people. So not for those just for them though, for us. For so. us, yeah. And so like for those who listen to the push podcast and are unaware, we coach business owners. Yep. Yeah. And we help them with their business. But what we found is that it it helped people with confidence. It helped them with overall lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so after four years, we're you know coming up on the four year mark of being coaches and mentors and business strategists with our students, over a thousand students. We decided that we wanted to share the ten things that we've learned as coaches from our students. But it's not really just about our learning, because if you have a business, you probably don't care what we learned. But I think if you do have a business, you would care what common threads all, for the most part, most small business owners have. Right. So we're going to be talking to you today about the 10 things we feel hold back aspiring entrepreneurs, like from achieving greatness, from great sales, from you know having a winning mindset. And so we're going to dive into those things today. Absolutely. Let's do it. So uh, can I just share what in the world? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm not quite clear on the legal matters of this, right? And so so basically I was in a situation where I observed someone serve a business, right? So basically they walked into this place of business and they said, I want to talk to a manager. Mm-hmm. And they say, the manager walks over and they say, You have been served. Oh, like legal papers. Like legal you're papers. You're going to court. Right. You're being sued. Right. And so I think you have to be an officer of the court to actually serve someone. I don't think you can just be any person to walk up to someone and say, You've been served. Well, they look like normal people, though. No, That's this how they person get you. was the party that was suing. So mm. they didn't like get the court involved. That's like Janelle walks into. Baskin Robbins. Why did you say that? That was amazing. We're so married. (laughs) Baskin Robbins and says, the ice cream I had the other night made me sick. You have been served. And like you wrote up this whole thing and how- How do you know though? Did you see the paperwork? I did. Oh, that you got served no, like, in your I, no, place of work. No, I watched this happen. In, in, in your the, place no, of work? No, in another place of work. But did you read the documentation? I, read, I saw the documentation and it was not official. Oh. It was like someone typed this on Word at home. And That'd the word be pretty process. scary though, like thinking back to if I have a brick and mortar <laughs> You can't bakery, just serve people. But like the, I've been served one time. There right. was a customer that wanted to, she caused a whole ass mess about like, she must have come in five times about her kid's birthday cake, put a deposit down, signed everything, saying it was non-refundable, called and changed things five times. Like just a nightmare customer. Like she owed me money by the right. time, the amount of times that we had worked together. And then a day before the birthday, after the cake was already practically made, she wanted to cancel. So I said no. And then she caused a big fit, called the police. It was like this whole thing, right? Right. And as a business owner, you got to be prepared for random stuff you've never dealt with. And so I was like, call the police. I'll actually call them for you. But what are they going to do? Right. So she wound up like a week later serving me. But it was a random looking person. <laughs> and they served me with paperwork. And I wound up going. That was I, the only lawsuit, be, thankfully, you, you, we've ever. Right. But I think you have to, like, represent the court. You can't just be walking around serving people like like you're a volleyball player or something crazy. Like, what? <laughs> You know, you get it. Oh, like, my God. They serve it. What was the movie we watched last night with really dumb, like, one-liner punch? Oh, it was, it was Jungle Cruise. Yes. Right. 
And so, would you recommend that out of ten? When yeah, you rank that? I recommend it. if you like a good old fashioned event. Like I am a Adventure. sucker for like Indiana Jones. I can watch those movies over and over again. I say six or seven out of ten. Six or seven is kind of low. You gave a D. That's my rating. That's, that's on a, a D? D. Yes, it is. We're not using A, B, C. This is not grade school. I'm just saying out of 10 stars, I'd give it a solid six or seven. Yeah, but if you had 10 stars. What are your stars? This ten, is my opinion. I'm not refuting your opinion. What I'm okay. saying is is that if you were equate that to a percentage, you gave them 60%. That's okay. a D. Well, you're taking it way too far. I'm just giving you my one through 10 rating. Okay. What I, is yours? I would give it an eight because I wanted to have a B. Okay. Which is a which is a good grade, but it sounds like you're hung up on the letter versus <laughs> the actual rating. All right, well, I give it an eight. Okay, I thought it was a fun adventure movie. The Rock was great. Uh, what's her name? Emily Blunt. Blunt. Emily Blunt. She's very like. She is like the female Tom Hanks to me. I really like her. She's very likable. Mm-hmm. Like you don't like watch her and go, you have an attitude. Like, she was in. Like I couldn't stand what's his name, Joaquin Phoenix. After he after watching me. Gladiator, yeah. I was like, he's the worst person on the planet because he did such like a him. good job. Yeah. But like I don't think she can play a role where you can dislike her. No, but she also was in what Quiet Place. Quiet Place. Yeah. She One is fantastic. I give her a 10 out of 10 oh, with acting because her plus. facial expressions, <laughs> the way that there's not a lot of talking there. So you got to like act with your right. body and yeah. your face. So I give her a 10 out of 10 A plus on uh, The Quiet Place. Anyways, jumping back <laughs> into the 10 things that we have learned that starter small business owners have in common. Not even starter. Maybe you've been in the game for 10 years like some of our students, Right. But these are the things that we have found keep people stuck. You want to kick it off? Yeah, and I want to keep this off because I want people to really understand the context of where this is coming from. The way you should listen to this, if you own a business, you want to self-reflect and say, okay, am I experiencing these things? Have I been going through this? Is this the reason why I'm not necessarily finding a big change in my business? If you're not a business owner and you're listening to this, this applies to life. Right. Right? And so- if you're finding like, hey, I'm feeling stuck in life, I'm not, you know, I feel like I can't see my future clearly, like whatever the case may be, this is evidence that you may be, you know, going through some of those things. And so within all this, there's some answers and some things that you can do to kind of break free and get unstuck. All right. Cool. So the first thing that I have learned that a lot of our students have gone through, mm-hmm. especially when they're an aspiring entrepreneur business owner is that their current situation blinds them for the future. Yeah. Right? So they're so consumed with the now that they can't even see a future and they don't even know what they want to do with their business or with their life. I've been there. Right. I mean, starting a business is difficult. And when you are starting out, like I did, undercapitalized, you know, limited resources, it's tough and it's challenging. And it feels like you're never going to be able to come up for air sometimes, but it also feels like I can't even think about how successful I plan on being five years from now because it just seems like I kind of can't catch a break. Right. So sometimes it's difficult to see past your current circumstances, but I realized after 12 years in business that obviously perseverance and like pushing through Every time you make it out alive, you're like, okay, that wasn't so bad. I can move forward. And eventually you start to say, okay, this is going to happen again. Like there's going to be an unfortunate circumstance. So next time I just have to like look past it, know that it's a temporary season and I'll make it out. Yeah. And this point is the probably the main reason for burnout because Mm -hmm. 
what happens is your current situation becomes this loop and you keep going in this loop over and over and over again. And you're doing the same things over and over again. And you feel like you're not moving forward. There's not a, a high level of success. And then you just burn out. And also the number one reason people burn out is, is you lose sight. The future becomes cloudy because of the fact that you're so deep in what you're doing right now. Yep. And so if you're finding yourself burnt out in your business and in life, look at the say, did you lose sight of your purpose, right? right? Because there's a lot of energy that happens when you know what you're doing and where it's going to lead to, right? right? And, and when you lose that, I think then that's when the moment feels like, I feel like I'm doing this for no reason. Like, I feel right. like there's no means, there's no ends to this, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that's where you have to check those things and you have to make sure you still can see what you're trying to accomplish. Amen. Number two. Number two. So in Passion to Profit, what I think we surprise people with is that there is a deep, deep work with your mindset. Mm -hmm. So your mind has to be ready for change. It has to be primed in a sense. Otherwise, what happens is, is that you get this information and you're not prepared to use it, right? Because for example, like we talk about pricing and we know that pricing has a lot to do with like your, your self-worth and your confidence. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do some deep work on your mindset to kind of lay the foundation, what ends up happening is people get shocked by the fact that, oh my God, I got to increase my prices. Right. And then they're blown well, away. Well, the first with, thing they say is no one's going right, to pay this. And right. we're like, okay, they will. Mm -hmm. But so in Passion to Profit, the very first week that we're with our students, we do a lot of deep mindset work in order to prepare you for the second module, which is to shock you about how you're not properly pricing. And then before you're like sticker shocked, you've already kind of done some groundwork of, okay, this is going to be difficult. Right. I understand that my finances may not be in order because I'm not charging what I should be. I understand that I will have to gain more knowledge and experience around sales. I'll have to increase my confidence, but you're in the perfect place to do it because you're in a community with everyone else that's also learning. And you're also like aware it's brought to your attention. Like no one told me when I first started, hey, you're gonna have a really tough time confidently commanding a thousand dollars for a wedding cake. right it's just like you're scared the first time you have to tell someone and then they look at you kind of sideways and then you get this hesitation around like am i priced too high you get this imposter syndrome you start to question yourself and so i think that number two the mind has to be ready for change is super important yeah and it sounds simple but most people sign up for a course and they're like, okay, tell me how to do the thing. They mm -hmm. want like the quick answer. And what you don't realize is business ownership is really a mental game. It's yeah. about you. It's about the beliefs and the stories that you tell yourself about, you know, oh, people are rude. The government's trying to ruin my business. I can never catch a break. All of those things require you to have a different mindset shift in order to be good at sales or marketing or branding. Yeah. Number That's three. Number three. So number three is profit is more about confidence than revenue. Right. Break it down. So, and we just kind of alluded to that. Like when you think about being priced right, when you think about presenting your products, like there's an air of confidence that you have to have. Like you can't present yourself even in a job interview mm -hmm. with low confidence. Right. And so in order to profit, you have to build the confidence to say that I'm worth it that whatever I'm creating is worth it and that I can fulfill the promise that I am telling my customers 
when I present this product. Even when you have no evidence that you've ever done that. Like, let's be real. Like the very first wedding cake that I agreed to, I was like, oh yeah, we can do that. No problem. Well, can you add an extra 150 cookies on there? Sure we can. No problem. No problem. Can like you? you're exuding confidence <laughs> right. and then I'm done and I'm like, holy shit, can I do this? Right. And you just figure it out. I think that's part of entrepreneurship is being confident, committing to it, and then just kind of winging it because you're literally setting out to do something you've probably never done before. Oh my God. So if I were to say, I think, I mean, I, I think I've never done 150 cookies, but I think I might be able to do it for the single most important day of your life. Right. Uh, you're not going to have confidence in me. Then you're going to try to see through like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't pay her full price. Like maybe she should give me a deal. Maybe I should have an out if it doesn't work out. And you can't do that as a business owner. Moving on to number four, leadership matters. And I'll just tell you that the bulk of the small business owners, particularly when you're starting, particularly in the baking industry, when you start out, you love whatever it is you're making. You Mm -hmm. love making cake, making cookies. You love taking pictures. You love all of this stuff. But what you don't realize is that There's a very limited amount of time in which you get to be a one-woman show, Mm -hmm. the solopreneur, right? right? And I'm so sick of seeing memes about that because it's like people pride themselves over being the one-woman show. And the reality is there's too much to do in a business. (laughs) Like you don't get an award for like the most overworked female of the year. You don't get that, right? Regardless of if you're trying to chase Uh, these big dreams, regardless of if you're undercapitalized like me, regardless of if you don't have confidence, like you have to have a team. And so starting out, even from home like I did, being a leader matters. Being a leader to my husband who, one, I needed your help. I needed your support. I wanted you to take me seriously about my business. So I had to take my business Mm, seriously. That's a good point. I wanted my kids to take my you know, me chasing entrepreneurship seriously. So I had to take it seriously. So I had to lead, even though I didn't know what I was doing, and then eventually behave as though I was going to have a team of rock stars because every habit that I have, if I'm running late, if I'm disorganized, if I don't clean my dishes, if I work messy, all of those things are going to be leadership traits or things that hold you back because eventually the goal is to have a team whether it's your cousin that works for free or whatever, you're still being the leader of your business. So if you, again, are disorganized, if you don't have confidence, if you are complaining about customers, if you are saying things like customers are cheap and they don't value us, you're gonna create those same beliefs within the people around you that work with you. And so leadership's important. Yeah. And there's a couple of qualities that that are important to leadership. First of all, before I even say that, like when you start a business, part of the reasons why you started a business, let's just be real, is because you want freedom, right? You start it because of the fact that it's going to allow you to, to own your own time. And when you don't become a leader, if you don't embrace being a leader, even if yourself, then you just become an employee of your own business, right? right? And so you are the, what they call the dancing monkey, right? Once you stop dancing, the money stops flowing, right. right? And so you have to get to a place where you understand that as a leader, a leader is required to see around the corner. A leader is required to connect with one of the things that we talked about earlier, being able to see the future, being able to, to anticipate, 
right? A leader understands that the big picture is what matters, mm-hmm. and I Not have to keep my right. And I have to keep an eye on. Okay, this is the big picture. This one customer that I'm having an issue with, I can't lose my mind about mm-hmm. this because the big picture is is I want that customer to return. I want to find that customer has got access to you know five people or three hundred people if you look at social media, and I want to make sure that I preserve that relationship. A leader gets beyond just their emotions. They understand the bigger picture and understand what their their business is going to need in order to be successful. I would say the biggest thing that I see leaders, business owners, the biggest mistake is that they don't understand that they're a leader right? and they don't control their emotions and reactions. right? So everything is just this big like, oh my God. And, and it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you sell anything to 100 customers, there's a very solid chance one customer is going to hate it. They're going to complain. <laughs> they're going to write a negative Yelp review. They're going to want a refund. That's just the way service works. Right. That's the way products work. That's the way the world works, right? Every single customer that goes to Target is not happy. Right. Every single customer that goes to Disneyland is not happy. So why on earth would you think that 100% of customers are going to love you and your products every single time, yet people completely crumble when they get one negative feedback, like one Which negative is like review. 1%. Literally 1%. <laughs> so that's something I right. would just tell you, plan for everybody not liking your stuff. Right. And, right. and then what happens is you magnify that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like your brain doesn't remember the 100 customers, the other 99 customers that loved you and raved about you and shared on social media and came back for a second time and told all of their friends. But all you care about is, you know, crying on the floor because you got one bad review. Right. And so that's just a that's a bonus right there. That's huge. Right. Number five, I will tell you that after four years of teaching passion to profit, we believe it's so solid. You come for the content, but you stay for the community. Right. And I have seen countless relationships be formed and made within our community where they like can't live without each other now. Like a support system is super important, right? It's huge. And to know that someone owns a bakery in Portland, Oregon, and I own a bakery in Glendora, California, but she would hop on a plane to come to my bakery grand opening or to come to my bakery and help me hire new employees or to come to my bakery and help me you know, perfect a cookie recipe. Jessica Bond from Fancy Flavors, she's one of our community members, she got on a plane in 2020, I think, Mm -hmm. in January, came down and trained me and my entire staff on how to make the most perfect macarons. That's huge. I was like, "Uh, girl, thank you. What do you need, right? Right? What recipes do you need? That's when you become an an industry leader. Like, and that's huge because the perseverance of the industry is important to anyone who wants to enter it right now. And so I think a lot of times people think of competition, competition, but really it's about collaboration and right. really it's about community and and everyone benefits, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think one of the things that I think that's so important is that you need someone to inspire, mm-hmm. inspect, and encourage you, right? right? And so that happens when you let go of that kind of competition or, yeah. or fear of others. I mean, we, we often hear people say, my community is so saturated, right? I have so, there's so many people who, bake, right? Yeah. And because they're so consumed with competition, 
that they're not think about the fact that their community has, you know, 20,000 people in there, maybe four people. Right. I just, me. I, I'm going to, I'm going to shake you with love. If you are in any industry as a business owner and you are saying that your market is saturated, can I just tell you there is a donut shop every three blocks in Los Angeles. That's and crazy. the bulk of the donut shops in Los Angeles are owned by Cambodian families who are immigrants, mm-hmm. who most of them know each other, who are just happy to like help and train and teach each other English and whatever the case may be. But if you're a hairstylist, there is a hair salon everywhere. If you do lashes, if you are a personal trainer, every single business owner in every single industry has this misperception that your industry is saturated. Yeah, and it's because you have a concentrated viewpoint of it, right? Like you said it best, like your perception, you're probably because you're only following people who do what you do, right? So on social media, you're consuming other people's accounts that do exactly what you do. Yep, you're you follow only all of them. looking for people that do what you do because you're- And you wanna know where they are near you, you. Yeah, because you have this kind of scarcity of, I'm not successful because too many people are doing what I'm doing. Right. And it's just not true. Like if you look at your the population in your community, I'm sure that the bakery owners represent not even 1% of that population. Right. So there's, a, there's plenty of opportunities. Do what you do extremely well. Get some support. Follow the things that we're talking about. If you haven't done Passion to Profit, do Passion to Profit and learn how you can get those people's attention and you can actually sell your products. Well, I can't remember. Uh, I have a lot of real estate friends. And truth be told, Eddie and I actually also have our real estate licenses, right? And so I can't remember specifically what the stats are, but let's just say there's 50,000 people in our community. The math of licensed realtors in Glendora breaks down to something ridiculous, like for every seven houses, there's one realtor. (laughs) But the reality is, is there's only about three whose faces are plastered all over, who are probably just showing up consistently year after year, who are dominating. So just because there's a lot of anything doesn't mean, one, that there's not business because people are selling their homes left and right or buying homes left and right. And two, it doesn't mean that it's saturated and there's not enough room for you. So don't say yeah. that anymore. And some, and you got to get to a place where you're not moved by that. Like right. I think those individuals that focus that, on you that dominate, they're not moved by the fact that other people are doing it. They're like, oh, that's great. They're even like, oh, congratulations. You know, or they even like support and help because they believe in themselves at, at a very high level. So, right. so the next thing is number six. Number six is discomfort disrupts failure. Explain. <laughs> Explain. Explain, please. Um, so a lot of times we get into these, like I mentioned before, you get into this loop. So failure sometimes or falling short becomes a loop and you're not getting where you want to go and you're constantly falling short. But because you're not willing to disrupt what you're doing and do something drastically different, it feels better to do what's familiar. Mm-hmm. And so in order to disrupt failure, you've got to get uncomfortable. Okay. Right. You've got to get to a place where you're doing something you've never done in order to get results you've never gotten. Okay. Right. And so what we have seen is that the times that people are resistant to our coaching is that they're committed to what they're doing Mm -hmm. and it's not giving them what they want, but it's all they know. Right. And so that is a huge one because 
you know, we would love to say we're batting up 1,000 when it comes to students, but mm-hmm. we do have some students that we just can't shake them to do something different. Well, so I'll give you an example. Wholesale is something to me that if you are a maker of something that's artisan, that's handcrafted, that takes you forever to make with your own two hands, that is not something you can mass produce. You cannot quickly replicate or duplicate it. You cannot quickly crank them out like on a machine or with any sort of like factory equipment, right? So to me, you should not be selling anything at a wholesale price. Wholesale is when I make macarons, Mm -hmm. but I'm investing in some equipment that's going to help me make 120 macarons in less than three minutes. Then I can mass produce them at a rapid rate, which costs me less. So my costs decrease. And then I can sell them to you for still a profit, but I still make money, right? So that's the model of a wholesale business. Mm -hmm. We've had many people come in and we break that down to them and they're like, well, my entire business is wholesale. So if I didn't wholesale, then I wouldn't make any money. And I'm like, sis, you're not making any money right now. You took the class because you're tired and overworked and overwhelmed. And you keep saying people don't appreciate you, but you're not commanding more money. And the truth is, is you don't have a solid profitable system in place for making money, right? It's not a sustainable business model. And so if you didn't know that, that's one thing. And we have so many students that this is like a breakthrough. Like they're like, wait, what? Right. And then we have just a couple, I'd say 1% that are like, well, I'm still going to wholesale because I have 50 wholesale accounts. And I'm like, okay, well, revisit your pricing if you want to make more money. And if you don't, then I can't help you. Yeah. And we saw this in 2019, like when the pandemic hit with the folks that pivoted and they did something uncomfortable. They didn't know if it was going to work, but they knew what they were currently doing was not going to work in this new climate. Right. right? And so in order to find success and to stop the loop of failure, they jumped into something different. They offered different things on their menu. Some of the people that we've been coaching they offer different services and yep. delivery and pickups and, and all these different things that was not part of their operating system or an operating model mm-hmm. that they had to drastically change. And so if you're finding yourself like in a place of in life or in, in business where you're like, man, I feel really stuck. I feel like, are you disrupting you need some the disruption. failure with some discomfort, right. right? And so we resist it so much. I mean- But we want to hold on to what's familiar and we right. want it to work, but then we don't take responsibility when it's not easy. working, right? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. In another industry, we have many friends that we helped during the pandemic that own gyms. And it's unfortunate if you were in certain industries like the gym industry or you owned a dance studio or something- I get it. It's tough. The government like shut you down and you weren't able to do anything. Well, we had a couple of friends slash clients that we were like, well, what could you do different? Yeah, people can't come and they can't work out like normal. But what can you do different to kind of disrupt the pattern and still keep going? Well, a couple of them took all of their equipment outside, paid for a tent and said, "Okay, we're all socially distanced. We're all wearing masks if you want to come. And guess what? Those gyms performed better during the pandemic than they did when there was no pandemic. And they hiked their prices up. Yeah. (laughs) We paid like double to go to the gym because gyms were closed and people like us that care about fitness, we wanted to pay so we could get out and get active and move our bodies. And so those businesses completely thrived. Right. And so get out of your comfort zone. 
Number seven, success follows attitude. Yeah, in order for you to be successful, you have to have a positive, energetic attitude to get the most out of yourself, right? And so it's unfortunate, but there are times where we get students that come to us and they're low, right? Mm -hmm. Like their business has beat them up, their partners, their family don't believe in them. And so they're at a really low place. Right. And when you're trying to get you know, success, when you're trying to get the most out of yourself, meaning like you have to do so many things as an entrepreneur, you got to market your business, you got to brand it, you got to come up with systems, you, you got to make lead, the you stuff, gotta, you got to make the stuff. And so it requires a tremendous amount of energy and to maximize your potential, but you can't do it with the attitude that's low, with an attitude that's pessimistic. It just can't be done. Well, if right? you are approaching anything as though it'll never work, guess right. what? It won't ever work. It won't. Because your shitty attitude <laughs> is going to prevent it from being successful. Right. So I can't stress this enough, but your attitude matters. And I will just say this. Most of the time when people come to us seeking business advice and passionate profit, it's because you've had your fair share of doing things wrong. Right. Right. And so you are feeling low and you're feeling like you're questioning everything. Do I continue? But I will say 99% of the time, the community can pull you. We can pull you into, okay, what would happen if you did succeed? What right. would happen if you did have more customers? Are you prepared? What would happen if you did make more money in your business? What would you do? Like, do you have a system in place to manage it? What do your business finances look like? Do you even use QuickBooks? Like if you had more coming in because you're so stuck on what you don't have, then what would you do? And the th funny thing is, is most of them say, well, I never really thought about it. Right. Because taking us back to number one, you're so caught in your current circumstances, right? Yeah. And your attitude is not going to change by osmosis. It's not going to just like you can't order it on Amazon. Like, hey, I'm going to go on Amazon. I'm going to order a new attitude, right? Like you've got to like make a decision to say, I'm going to approach this with a positive, energetic, enthusiastic approach and mentality in order to get the energy out of myself, right? right? Like you got to wake up and say, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And you may have to, to lie. I have like a corny thing where like believe, right? If you look at the word, you break it down. It says, be live Eve. Mm -hmm. You must lie to yourself mm -hmm. before. Be <laughs> Eve. So you got to be and you got to lie before you actually see the reality. Yeah. So good. when you break up the word, the word is telling you sometimes you got to lie to yourself a little yeah. bit. You got to tell yourself. This is the eve of you actually being. Right. So before you get there, you got to lie. Right. And so if you do that, I think that you find that, oh, my God, like I, I got to convince myself. And we've had this conversation with, you know, and I think we talked about in a previous podcast where we said, you know, people hear that and they go, oh, you want me to be fake? And I'm like, no. You just got to, we're talking about reprogramming. Yeah. Right? You've I'm been like, yeah, be You've been lying to yourself before right. about what you can't do. And I'm just telling you, tell a better lie. Right. <laughs> tell a different lie. Right. Just choose a different lie to be. Absolutely. On the eve before you become <laughs> before it. Before you become it. All right. Number eight, people generally think when they're at a tough place in their business that there is some magic pill. And I'm here to tell you, I have been one of those people. If you are it doesn't even matter. Like when we started our coaching business, it was like, oh my God, I'm learning all these things. There's so many things, right. so many moving parts. And I remember at one point just thinking like, okay, I found this course. I'm going to just throw money at it. it this doesn't, is the answer. This is the answer, right? And so you're looking for this magic pill. And I'll just never forget every student we've ever had. I have mentioned this at some point, but I paid 
thousands of dollars for a coach to tell me one time, Janelle, you have to slow down in order to speed up. Mm. And I was like, I want a refund. I didn't say this, but I was like, who tells somebody to slow down, right? And it's exactly what I needed to do. I was throwing money at problems thinking that, you know, because I'm going so fast, I don't have time to learn it. And so I'll just pay for either someone to do it or pay and put it in someone else's hands and it'll be their responsibility and it'll help me. And it made it worse every single time. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm throwing money, like I'll give you the bakery analogy. I'm overworked in my bakery. I know that I need help, but I'm not stepping into my leadership role, Mm. taking the time to figure out how to acquire or recruit, you know, good talent. And so out of desperation, I put up a now hiring sign. I get a call from one of my girlfriends who says that her daughter's looking for a job. I hire her with no interview skills. I didn't even Google how to properly interview someone, right? She just seemed like she'd do the job. I hired her and now she sucks. (laughs) Guess why she sucks? Because you don't even know what she should be doing. Right. So you never made it clear what she should be doing. I see this with almost every small business owner when it comes to social media. Oh, I don't have time for social media, but you know, we just need to hire somebody. So they hire someone who's willing to take your money to help you grow on social media. And you're like, here, just take it. Here's my password. You have no clue who your ideal client is. You have no clue what your brand story or your brand voice is. So you don't give them any direction on who you're targeting, what you should say to them, what kind of products you should develop. And guess what? A month later, you're like, he sucks. Our following didn't grow. He did nothing. And it's like, I'm here to tell you, we are always the problem when there's a problem in our business. It may not always be our fault, but it is always our responsibility. Yeah. So to play devil's advocate, right? Because we live in a Tylenol society, right? If I have a headache, I take Tylenol. Mm -hmm. And in about 30 minutes, my headache goes away. Right. But I never investigate why I had the headache in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? I never go deeper than that. I just say, give me a headache. And so I think when people look at, you know, solutions like a course, right? They're like, this is going to be my pain reliever. My magic pill. My magic pill. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that in order, like we don't say, we don't, we're not telling you that Pastor the Prophet's a magic pill. We're telling you it's the vitamins that you need to take every single day so that over time, oh my God, you see some amazing results. And as a matter of fact, you stop getting headaches, right? Right. As a matter of fact, maybe your joints stop hurting because now you start taking calcium or whatever the case may be. Like I take CMOS every day. I have no, I, I know over time is, is going to help me. But it's not a magic pill. Right. It's a magic pill for you because you, it helps your digestion. Well, it helps system. me go to the restroom, <laughs> but that we're not talking about that. <laughs> but I think that's what people have to understand. Like the real growth and progress, especially if you're investing, are the things that are gonna you you're gonna have to put some things into place. You're gonna take some action, you're gonna have to get uncomfortable, you're gonna have to be a leader, and you're gonna have to have some people to help you do those things in the community. That's what we love to do. That's what we've created so that you can get that. But it is not a magic pill. So this reminds me of, because I'm trying to get more consistent with TikTok, 
There is a TikTok that's going viral right now, RuPaul saying, you better work, bitch. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so today I was going to do like me clicking on the buy now passion to profit button, like when my students think that it's the magic pill, right. but me as a coach saying, you better work, bitch, right? <laughs> because really anything we invest in, there's going to be a tremendous amount of knowledge in anything I'm sure that you buy. You can find you know, okay, there are some best practices from this. Like I can make this work. I can implement this strategy. So for the most part, almost anything you buy that's educational, you could walk away with something. But it's You're going to walk away with on. a ton of stuff right. from passion and profit, but ultimately you'll still have to work. Yeah. It's telling you what to work on. Right. Right. And it's hopefully in the process of doing that work, we can give you some insights so that you avoid overworking right so that you avoid wasting time on things that really don't matter right and so those are the things that like you you're paying for some speed but you're not paying for cruise control right right you still got to keep your hands on the wheel you got to still like when we were in, in Greece you got to you may have to you may be operating an automatic and you I mean, a manual and you got to you know move and shift in order to like understand your business maybe I'm taking this analogy too far but well, you maybe we, we dumb say. it down. You want to hire a personal trainer. You throwing money at a personal trainer, the best personal trainer money can buy you. If your ass doesn't show up for the personal training sessions, if your ass yeah. doesn't stick to the prescribed meal plan, you're going to be overweight five months from then, no matter how much money you yeah, spend. But you know what happens? So you be better pissed. work, bitch. <laughs> People still blame the personal trainer. They oh do. my God, it don't work. They do. <laughs> Yeah, because so, you didn't work. That's all right. All right, number nine. And this one really resonates with me. And so I, I feel very empathetic when I see our students kind of go through this. A lot of times if you're on the fence with passion and profit, you're like, I don't really know if this can help me. Like, I feel like I'm pretty decent in business, but I'm kind of at a lull. Like I've hit this maybe plateau, but I don't know. Is it a good investment? And I'll just tell you, most people when you've been in business for a while or sometimes in the beginning, you just don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what questions to be asking because I've done everything I can up to this point. Right? right. Right. So I don't know that I should be asking, oh, my God, is there something else that I could be doing as a leader right. until listening to this? Oh, my God, is there something else that I could be doing to target the right clients because up to this point, I've just been doing the best I can to get as many customers as I can. So I don't know what to ask other than how do I get more customers, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's a million ways to answer that. And so I think you can be really down on yourself when you don't know what questions to ask. It just feels kind of like you're stuck. Yeah. And it's almost like kids, like babies, right? So you bring a baby into the world, they become a toddler. And then in this weird phase where they understand their emotions, but they do not have the words to describe it. So all they have is to act out, to cry, mm -hmm. right? And so what ends up happening for adults is that you don't know the questions to ask. You don't have the language that you need to progress. And so you're frustrated, mm -hmm. you're angry, you're mad, you project on other people. You think and this you is give, all there is. You think that they're all it is. And so it deteriorates your attitude, it deteriorates your, your personality, your character, all those different things happen. And I think a lot of times that's the, the symptoms of saying, I don't know what I don't know. And right. so I don't know what to ask. And so the beautiful thing that I love that what we do is, is that at the end of it, 
the questions that people ask are so much mm -hmm. more quality, right? Yeah. They ask high quality questions. In the beginning, we get pretty, you know, basic questions because we know that that's what's going on. And as they get exposed to new information, all of a sudden that information opens up new pathways and start, they start asking questions that they've never even thought about asking. Right. And you know you're a successful entrepreneur or a leader based on the quality of questions you ask. Right, but again, if you don't know what questions to be asking, right, you go through a course like Passion to Profit and literally people are like, well, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Right. You mean like knowing my demographics and like thinking about like a radius of the people that I can serve or like not thinking about creating products that I love that I'm good at, but thinking about creating products for the people that you're trying to serve, what do they want? Right. That's like mind blowing <laughs> for most people. They're like, Wait, I'm good at making banana pudding, but you're telling me not to make banana pudding? Yeah. If your market doesn't like banana pudding and it's not selling and, you know, this is not the culture for that or I mean, I could give you a million examples, mm -hmm. but it's not about you. If you have a business, you're serving customers. And so people are just like, wait, what? Right. Like, and that's an example of like, I didn't even know to even think of that, right. you know? Right. And Let's see, moving on to the last one, number 10, and I think this is a big one. A coach should and will ask you questions that no one has ever asked you before. Mm -hmm. And we've got Danira Cancinos, I think is her name, Danny Dulce's, Dulce Danny Confections, she used to go by. She's the caramel apple queen. Um, when I talked to her after she took Passion to Profit, she said, the best thing I got from your course was in just out of the gates, week one, you asked me a bunch of questions about where I want to go with the business, like what's your vision, how much money would you feel successful if you made, like what kind of profit are you looking for, what would you do with the money, how big do you want to grow your company, and she was like, no one has ever asked me those questions. Mm -hmm. What does your perfect day look like? How can you create more joy in your life, right? And I just thought that that was a big one because in the first week, that is something that we ask you to do. Like right. sit down and think about things, slow down to speed up and think about the future that we're trying to create. And then let's build that business together. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that's so important because it's all about breaking that loop, right? Every single day, we often think the same thoughts we thought yesterday. We ask ourselves the same questions. We get into these routines and we that's we kind of get into this rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. And then when someone asks you a question that makes you uncomfortable, that makes you think and it breaks that loop, man, it is groundbreaking, yeah. right? And it is the first step to real change. And so one of our qualities that we, we and some of the things that we work on is really understanding what questions we're asking ourselves. Right. And then what question does this person need to be asked to help them think about something in a different way? Because all thinking is, is questions. You just got to have the right ones. Yep. Right. And I think when you get the right ones asked to you, then you have an opportunity to give really good answers. And those answers can turn into really good action. Yeah. So that's episode number 82. If you want to go back and check it out. Hopes, dreams and ambitions. What are yours? Yeah. And I think that it's just worthy of going to download those questions to figure out like, what are these questions they're saying nobody has ever asked? See what questions you maybe even haven't answered in a long time. Maybe you've been asked these questions before, but you need to revisit them so you can work on dreaming bigger. Yeah. Also, you can get a copy of the Guide to Thrive journal available on Amazon which is gonna ask you about your hopes and dreams and creating a beautiful life pretty much every single day. So go check that out. Yeah, absolutely. 
But, you know, I hope this episode served you. I hope that you will walk away doing some really great inventory and self-evaluating of yourself and how you're showing up, not just in your business, but also in your life. Are you being a leader? Are you asking good quality questions? Are you surrounded by a community that helps hold you accountable, that gets you to the next level, that is supportive, that would be there for you and encourages you to step into, you know, your full potential? Right. So we hope this was great for you. We hope this helps you push through being stuck. If you haven't already, you know, head over to JanelleCopeland.com <laughs> and join Passion to Profit. So yeah, or Janelle, Pusher Society too, because that's well, yeah, you can join the Pusher Society if you're looking for a monthly push. It's like twenty four dollars, something super affordable. You're gonna spend ninety minutes with us once a month, and every month there's a different theme, different conversation. There's a different challenge for you to show up and step into your greatness. So. Again, tons of options. Head over to JanelleCopeland.com. Get into the do-it-yourself version of Passion to Profit before the year is over. Or join the Pusher Society just to work on being a better person. Or go to Amazon and get the Pusher Journal, which is the Guide to Thrive Journal. There you go. So have a great one, you guys. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.